Well, as you can see, we're doing some, something different today. Um, we've been talking uh, for the last, uh, this will be the third week on this characteristic of our church that we've called uncommon unity. That we are a diverse community brought together by our shared experience of the love of Jesus, our King. A few weeks ago, I was talking about how in our own individual lives as followers of Jesus, that there's the reality of where we are, and then there's the, the ideal of where we know God's calling us to be, right? And in between the reality of where we are and the ideal of where we should be, there is a gap. And what we talked about last week is that some people... They kind of like to stay over here, and they kind of like get frustrated by the reality of who they are, and uh, they, they see this gap, and they're, they're frustrated by it, they get disappointed by it, and they, they just become cynical about their, their relationship with Christ. Nothing's ever going to get better. I'm not going to grow. And uh, so they just kind of sit here over in this place over here. There are other people who, who just kind of want to pretend that the gap doesn't exist, and so they, they, they have this picture of their ideal, and they, they just kind of stay there and you know, turn on some worship music when they get a little depressed and just kind of pretend that, that this gap doesn't exist. This gap doesn't only exist in our individual relationship with Jesus. This gap exists among all of us and with us as a community. We have a wonderful community here at Broadway. Amen? Wonderful family. But there is a reality of where we are and also more that God is calling us to. Calling us to deeper affection for one another. Deeper care for one another. Deeper understanding of how Steve just explained that the ways that our differences magnify and enhance our community and magnify and enhance and give glory to God. And one of the great joys that I have at Broadway is I get to hear more than most of you uh, the stories of the ways that people care for one another here at Broadway. Stories about when, um, you know, I come to the hospital to see somebody, and there's already been four Broadway people there visiting that person. Now, I remember the first time, dear Ruth, when your husband Tom died about six years ago now. And um, I was called uh, Ruth Small. I, I had known her a little bit, but heard that her husband had died and kind of had that feeling as a pastor of going there and having to kind of feel like I was by myself in caring for this widow who just lost her husband. And I got there, and in the waiting room were already five Broadway people there caring for Ruth that beat me to it. And so we have stories of that, and I get to hear a lot of stories of that. But one of the great burdens that I carry as a pastor is I also hear the other stories as well, more than most of you. Stories of where we as a community fell short to be the community that we were called to be. Hearing stories of people who, who came to Broadway and that first experience that they had was not a good one. If you want to hear one, Ben and Lisa Fisher, um, we're really blessed that they're still here today because that first experience that they had was not a good one. Can you imagine what our community would be like without Ben and Lisa? Stories uh, about, about people who had a, a close family member die and only one or two people reached out to care for them. 
So friends, we have a wonderful thing here at Broadway. It's a wonderful family, wonderful community of people, and, and I believe that we very uniquely express this uncommon unity here at Broadway, but there is a gap. And, and that's nothing we need to be defensive about. That's just because we're human beings who live in community together here on this earth uh, that's filled with, with sin and disappointment and thorns and thistles. And so today, what I, what I would like to do is to uh, invite some people forward to come and to share some of their story and experience here at Broadway and some of the ways that Broadway has been a great community for them. And then I, I don't know uh, what they're going to share, but also some of their hopes and some of their longings, perhaps some of the ways that we've felt short of some of those hopes and longings and so that we can listen and hear from their story. And what I would like for us to also do is to invite each of us, as, as most of us in this room are right now engaged in small groups as we're going through uh, this Following Jesus Together curriculums, I want to ask that, that you and your small groups this week share uh, both the, the stories of where Broadway has been the kind of community that you needed, and also to be willing to share honestly those stories of where we fell short. Because friends, it's... It's in, it's in the gap where we experience God's mercy and his grace. And it's by looking at the gap and, and, and facing it along with Jesus that we begin to grow. And so there may be some of you in here in the past who look at the Broadway community and you're over here. You see, uh, you see how we're falling short and it just kind of makes you frustrated and disappointed and angry. And you just kind of see that gap and you're not really willing to step into it with other people. You just kind of see it and you're frustrated by it. And there's others of you over here who, who kind of have rose-colored glasses when it comes to Broadway, and you just, you just think this is the, the perfect ideal place and you, you don't even really pay attention to the stories of people's hurt and where we've fallen short. And we need to see the truth of who we are, both in the good as well as in the shortcomings that we have so that we can grow. So we today are going to look at the good and we're also going to look at this gap, this in-between of where we are now and where God is calling us and where he desires us to be. We're going to look at it together. And we're going to ask that God, in time, as we hear these stories, uh, will, will call us to something better and to something deeper. So if I've asked you to be on the panel today, would you come on forward? And um, Robert and Lena and Julie and Jenna and Marcus, if you guys would come on up. And Amanda and I are going to ask some questions of them today to, to get us started. So would you welcome them as they come forward to share some of their story? Why don't you guys sit here? First of all, I want to say that it's, it's never easy to share your story in front of a group of people. And so thank you all for being willing to, uh, to, to come and to share who you are and to let us get to know you better. We have, we have a couple people here who have been at Broadway for years and years. And we have a few people who have been here for just a very short time. And so we're going to have an opportunity to hear some of their story. And so what I'd like for you to do is just uh, kind of starting with Jenna and Marcus, if you all could just share um, what brought you to Broadway and what made you stay. Okay, yeah. So just introduce yourself, your names, and uh, what brought you to Broadway, and what, what made you stay? So like Ryan said, Marcus and Jenna, um, we've been coming here at Broadway for just shy of a year now. Um, we're married, been married for about six years or so, so we're going to have probably somewhat of a similar answer. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing that drew us towards Broadway um, was probably more out of a need 
I, I think both Jen and I felt like um, we were both kind of spiritually um, very hungered and not fulfilled. And um, we were looking for a lot more authenticity and a lot more diversity. Uh, Jen and I grew up in the same denominational church, and uh, it was a lot of middle-class Caucasian um, men and women, and we wanted to be able to feel comfortable, like it was said many times again this morning, of bringing people from all diverse different backgrounds and ethnicities and um, trials and tribulations, and for them to feel comfortable at the church that we would bring them to. And, And I think we very much felt that here at Broadway. Um, I think the biggest thing that probably kept us coming back was a little difficult to identify in the beginning. Um, Jen and I kind of talked about that, and I kind of felt like there was just this X factor that was really hard to put your thumb on, and um, it kept drawing us back and drawing us back, and um, the more that we kept coming, the more I think we readily identified it. It was the spirit that was just very alive and well here, Um, and so it made us feel very comfortable in that aspect, and it made us feel like we were where we were supposed to be. have jumped in. Uh, they are hosting one of the small groups right now, and uh, you all have been, been a gift to me and to, to my wife and to our family, and we're just really glad that you guys are here. So thanks for sharing that. So Lena, what brought you to Broadway, and, and why did you stay? Brought me to Broadway. The Lord brought me Speak to loudly Broadway. and get that microphone up there. Thank you. As a believer, I was searching for a church and long time ago, and I found this wonderful church in this and um, what brought me to Broadway is the Bible teaching also I trusted in my heart that this is a biblical church honest, sincere loving church to Jesus they want, you want the glory of God and that's what brought me here also, I trusted that. I believed it. I knew it. And then, um, no one time in my life I came to church here. No time, no one time. But I received a blessing from the Lord. Sometimes I am at the end of something, of, yeah, at the bottom of something, but Jesus minister, He is alive. Mm-hmm. And this is worth more than any money on earth. Jesus is alive in this church, and that's what keeps me alive. And um, also, the teaching, it speaks to my heart, to my mind. Also, you, I, the love of the body of Christ in this church. Thank you, Lena. Yeah. Julie. My name is Julie. Um, I found myself um, needing a new place to be at church and to participate in, and that story is really long. I was really mm, hoping and planning on being a part of my previous community forever, for like my whole life, and um, yeah, that's a story maybe for another time, uh, kind of painful, and So I was looking for a place to uh, be part of a community who loves Jesus and who wants to walk together. And I had heard stories of Broadway growing up. I know people who go to church here and just really respected 
what God was doing in their lives and the way they lived their lives. And uh, Amanda lives at my house. <laughs> and so I've gotten to see the way that you all have cared for her and just the heart, um, the heart of this church. And so really interested and just wanted to come and see what God was doing here. Um, and what really, oh man, I might cry, but this is such a beautiful thing. Um, the Lord, uh, this place has been established as a place where you can confess your sin. You can be um, supported as you, as God works towards restoration in your life. And that doesn't disqualify you from serving the people around you or loving the people around you or or take away the value of what you've done in the past. Like It's just a place where you can walk together towards God and have that vulnerability met by the grace of God in like a practical, physical way. Um, and so that is such a beautiful thing that I think it's been the most physical picture that I've seen of that and, and watching it from the outside and watching it in your lives from the outside in to see that. And that's what like has just been such a picture of God to me, and it's a beautiful thing, and I don't, I don't think I've experienced that in other places as visibly or as, like, on a heart level, and so just seeing that in the lives, you know, I don't know a ton of people here very well, but it's so evident in just the conversations and what I see. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Awesome. Thanks, Julie. And Robert, what brought you to Broadway, and what, uh, what kept you here? Um. I just want to take a quick minute and uh, say that what I just listened to is terrific. Uh, I came to Broadway uh, in late 2009 with a friend who wanted to come here to hear uh, Pastor Jason preach, and I've been here ever since. I began attending uh, Wednesday and Thursday night men's groups. I want to take just a moment here to share that a few months ago I joined a Christian bipolar support group online. Reports of people being told to leave and not come back <clears throat> upon their first visit to the church because not this of this church, a different church, right? Saddened me, angered me, and broke my heart to think a community like Broadway wasn't, wasn't available to them. After reading a few of these reports, the question came to mind, how did they find out? <laughs> what did you do? Just walk in and blurt it out? Don't do that. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> I didn't walk in and introduce myself saying, hi, my name's Robert and I'm mentally ill. <laughs> what do you think of that? <clears throat> There's no reason. I merely attended, and when men had questions of me, I answered as honestly as I could. I asked questions which certainly revealed ignorance, and I may have regarded them as stupid. I asked them anyway. I would say it was in those men groups that I most felt accepted just as I was. Their responses to my questions left no doubt their only intention was to offer helpful information. Often as they closed their sharing, they would ask if I found it helpful. 
If I didn't, I would tell them. And what it was, specifically, I was still struggling to understand. It was near the middle of 2010, as I recall, that I attended a membership class. It was largely a poor self-image and years of negative self-talk that encouraged me to believe it would be no surprise to me if I were rejected. On the night it was to be decided if we were accepted to become members of Broadway, each couple and single person were called out to meet with one of the elders till I was sitting alone imagining that perhaps I'd been forgotten. Pastor Jason left the room and came back with all of the elders. They sat across the table from me asking questions. <laughs> Perhaps I shouldn't have included this, but James' hair was a real pain. <laughs> <laughs> As I th thought he was grilling me, pressing for specific answers, several of which brought uncertainty in a greater sense I would likely be rejected. I clearly remember telling them that even if they decided against my becoming a member, I would attend men's groups and Sunday morning service unless they told me not to. At last, Pastor Jason said something to indicate their decision of approval. At that point, came a tremendous surprise to me. Each of the elders stood and walked around the table to embrace me and whisper in my ear, Welcome to Broadway, Robert. You know, uh, Robert, I remember uh, when I was being interviewed by Broadway in 2013, and I was being grilled back in the, uh, in the parlor. And uh, after it was all finished, uh, or almost finished, I was hoping it was going to be finished, um, I just heard this really deep voice say, Ryan, welcome to Broadway. So thank you for passing that on to me. Thank you all for sharing a bit of your, your journeys and how you came to be here. And I, I just noticed a theme in what you were sharing, that there was, for whatever reason, a part of your journey before getting here, um, upon getting here, that there was a place where you felt like you could come and be where you were at to continue on in your journey. And so we're, we're glad that you're here. We're glad that we get to be a part of that ongoing journey with you. I wanted to ask just some questions um, to each one of you individually on this piece that Ryan talked about, about this gap that is real in each of our lives at an individual level, but also in, as a community and um, the, the places, just giving you an opportunity to speak to the places of your heart of, here's what I long more, for more of here and, and being a part of the community at Broadway. Um, so, Julie, I'll go ahead and start with you. I can do that because I live with her. Um, so, I know Julie well enough that we are a part of the same church community uh, before we both came to Broadway. And I just want to say, this girl is someone who 
is an amazing friend, and she intentionally orients and arranges her life in a way that cultivates community that's really beautiful to me. And so I know that you've had really great experiences of how you've experienced community and family within your your church. And so I wanted you to share um, a bit about how you have experienced the body of Christ as family to you and how you desire to see and experience that here at Broadway. Um, Sure. Um, Ways I've experienced community um, in the past would be um, just a general pressing in um, into my life and an interest in it and um, being able to share, I think is the common word, like share all the things, share time, uh, share resources, share meals, share hurts and, and, and joys, all those things together. So really kind of simple. And it's really something I see that does happen here, and it's awesome. Um, so I've experienced it that way. Um, the community, people just coming around and being able to not just know me for the sake of knowing me, but knowing me for the sake of pushing me on towards Jesus. And um, there's, a, uh, there's a weight to people's words when they know where you've been and how they can help just propel you to what Jesus has for you. And so in the knowing of one another, being able to say, I know your background, and I know where you're going to be going. And so experiencing that um, in relationship with one another, and also just being a part of families. I am a single person, and um, it's been really sweet to be able to um, be valued in that and be celebrated in that, and to be able to be known as like the characteristics that God has given me or helped me to cultivate in my life and to be like, that's a valuable thing no matter what your status is. So to be parts of families in that way um, in the past. And then the second part of your question was how have, like what do I hope to experience? I am just excited to get to know people here um, and to be like what I mentioned earlier on that part of, I just feel like you don't have to, I don't have to present myself as someone to be known. I can be broken and be loved at the same time here. And so looking forward to like journeying with people in that and um, being pressed into and pressing into people in ways that are life-giving for both of us. And so my hope is that that happens around the word of God um, here and just having opportunities to know people. Um, and for me to also just, I think there's part of me that I'm like, I know I want to get to know more people. And so being able to to invite you into my life, but also to be invited in um, through like just a personal invitation to be invited in, whether it's a family or or not, you know, that kind of thing. And so I'm grateful for the ways that I've seen that happen already, and I look forward to more to more of that. So just very s- the simple things of yeah, being asked, you know, what's your name? Even if you don't know it, it's okay. I'll tell you 15 times what my name is. I'm not offended by that. I so. think that's good. I think we yeah. often like feel really bad when we don't remember somebody's okay. names, but like who's ever forgotten somebody's name before? Yes. Oh, really? You guys are awful people. You know? <laughs> but I'm actually pretty good with names, but I forget names all the time. And so let's just... There's Grace. Can you remind me your name? Yeah. 
Five, five words. Can you remind me of your name? That's like all you need to ask, and then you don't have to avoid that person for the next you know, month. So just uh, can you remind me your name? Let's just all be okay with saying that. So. I, I appreciate everything you shared there, Julie. And I, I think sometimes in a part of, we came from a church community that didn't have the kind of structures and ministries set up like Broadway does. And so I think there were, there were things that were challenging with that, but something that was really beautiful about that was that, um, you know, instead of having a visitation ministry that we just hand people off to, and I'm not, I'm not bashing the visitation ministry because it does a great thing to, to include people into um, getting to know one another. But I think that there just was, because we didn't have that, it was like, I'm, I'm your visitation ministry. And so, who are you? And there's some of us going out to lunch today. Do you want to come? We would like to get to know you. And so, it, it created this really organic, authentic community um, and helped us to realize that we are a part of that ministry and that it wasn't just something for this group of people over here who had the title. Um, and I also, just being a single person, I resonate with what you shared about um, being invited into families. I think sometimes in the church we can have this idea in our mind that single people just want to go hang out with single people, and it's not true. I'm just going to, like, I just want to take a big sledgehammer and, like, shatter that. <laughs> so, um, I love single people, like, I am one, and I live with other single people, but as we're talking about this theme of uncommon unity and diversity, I think God has put within each one of our hearts a real deep hunger to experience that, and so I don't want to just be a part of a group of people that are all like me, and uh, some of my best friends are 20 years older or more than I am and are part of families and married and have kids, and... Uh, one of my favorite things is actually been able to be friends with my friends' kids and to just have this open door invitation into their home. So if any of you who are not single kind of don't know how to interact with us or feel like, oh, they don't want to hang out with me because I'm older or we have kids and that would be annoying to have them over to house, just get that idea. That's a lie. <laughs> get that idea out of your head and um, you can practice on us. So we'll be gracious towards you. Um, but yeah, I wanted to direct a question towards... Can I, can I just step in here real quick? I, I want to just say something really clearly. Um, that um, There are a lot of churches in our city where a single person could go to and like meet 200 other single people on a Thursday night. And I think if a person is single and they're drawn to Broadway... It's because they don't want to go there. They've made a choice to come someplace else to experience family in a, in, a, in a broader and more diverse way. Does that make sense? And so, and so let's, uh, one thing to, to remember is that, that singleness and married life are both biblical callings from God. And if you are a single person or if you are divorced, whether that is um, a time that you're in for a season or something you've committed to for a lifetime, you have a place here at Broadway. And we need to create more places where people who are single have uh, a life and connection and deep relationship. Okay, now you can go. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Um, yeah, Marcus and Jenna, I, 
I want to hear from both of you on what do you desire more of in regard to community at Broadway? Maybe we should say what we have at community. Can we say that too? Because yeah. we would really like to start there. We say what we have at community. Yeah, I think the, um, the biggest thing that we really enjoyed, even just the first week or two of being here, of just being swarmed and surrounded by people saying, let's get involved in this going on this weekend, or um, there's a bunch of things going on that you can get plugged into, and hey, are you getting plugged into a small group? That's super important. There's a really great community there. And um, I think that's where we've gotten the greatest community is actually in our small group. Um, we really have a very big, deep appreciation for that. Um, and there's wonderful community that happens even in the morning time um, out in the lobby when people are getting coffee and really um, digging into and pressing into each other. And so I think we've really experienced community that way. Yeah, yeah and we, we just long and desire more of just time with you guys outside of these walls. We want to know you guys as our family. Um, we want to invite you guys over to our place. We want to be invited to yours. We don't care if you have kids. We don't care if you're older or younger. We just, we want this to be our family um, and to grow in community with that. And I think something else I've been really just hoping and praying for is that these people that come new, that are in between, that, that new, 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 and having a lot of community, that God would show uh, Marcus and I, and God would show all of us that them. It's easy, even people that have been here for a long time without community, we just, we pray that God would show us those people. And they, they probably look like they have community, but we don't know. And so I just, I, that's something that we long for, is just that, that we would be open to um, living life together outside outside of church functions outside of because because that's where life is lived yeah all right thank you just want to highlight something in both uh jenna's words and also julie's um that donna and our, our visitation team have done an amazing job the last three years of making sure people don't fall through the cracks when they come and they sign up for the visitors you know sign up on the form um and we have a process now where I make a call on Sunday afternoons and they're invited to a lunch. And so we've tried to do that so people don't fall through the cracks. But what I hear in both of them is a calling from all of us that all of us have a responsibility to engage people who are here and who maybe are here new or maybe have been for a long time, but you just notice seem a little bit lonely. That's not Donna's job to take care of that. This is all of our job to make sure we are moving towards people who are new, or moving towards people who we can see may need relationship with others. Okay. So thanks for speaking to that. Robert, can you, um, you you've, you've told us today that, that you have um, a bipolar disorder, and I'm just wondering if you could share with us what, what makes community challenging for you is this like the second question? That's the second you told question. Yeah, that's right. Uh, at this time, I would uh, invite each of you to take a brief moment and uh, pray for yourselves. The, the, the question uh, Pastor Ryan uh, shared with me yesterday was to talk about. What do I find, uh, basically, what do I find difficult 
uh, about hanging out with you all. So prepare now to listen to uh, several uh, things I find difficult. What I find difficult about being with you in the Broadway community has very little to do with you and everything to do with me. One of the major, one of the minor things which often seems major is my hearing deficiency. If I can't hear you, I can't learn from your spoken word. Related to that, a wound developed in early childhood occurs. That wound is feeling excluded. I'm given to say 99% of the time when a humorous remark is made from the pulpit and you all nearly fall out of your pews laughing, I've missed it. The number one thing that makes it difficult being here with you is that I have such an inclination to compare, to compare myself with others. I guess I must have been told a thousand times to knock it off and I can't seem to turn away from it. I notice the ear-to-ear -ear smiles and believe those people to be filled with the joy I covet. I see people with their hands raised high over their heads and can only imagine their intimacy with Jesus so much greater than mine. I am aware of people who have read and studied the Bible 25 and 30 years. Some read it from cover to cover each year. I think I've read perhaps 10% in my 70 years. The missionaries and Sunday school teachers, there is no end to comparing myself with others. Maybe it's attributed to mental illness or maybe I'm just a natural born screwball. It's about my sense of humor. What may seem to me as humorous, the listener may find offensive. No clue beforehand, I may understand afterwards. I am inclined to call myself stupid and feel greatly embarrassed. Other than that, I have sometimes been inappropriate, not really having that sense prior. I have been called aside by a few men to explain. Some of these things were of the nature that if that man did not have Christ dwelling in him, he may have taken me outside to send me home with a black eye and a bloody nose. But because of the presence of the Holy Spirit within him, he spoke to me in love, offering only a simple explanation for my understanding. One more difficulty I live with is a seriously erratic sleeping pattern. If I hope to attend service on Sunday, I'd better be giving consideration on Thursday morning. 
If I slept at noon on Thursday, I must call myself to make a concerted effort toward Friday and Saturday nights. I hate that part about living with this condition. It means I can't be regarded as a reliable person. I can't promise you I will show up at a given time. If it is seriously desired I show up, a three-day notice is recommended. So I hope I've made it crystal clear that any difficulties I have to contend with have nearly nothing at all to do with you, any of you <clears throat> and everything to do with me. And just one more thing quickly. It is true that I can talk your head off. <laughs> I don't mean to hold anyone captive. I don't mean to be in, inconsiderate, but it seems that's just what it is. I've been talkative since I was a tot. I get started talking and it's just like I'm under the influence of amphetamines. Often I go home after Sunday service to note my excessive talking, hardly giving the other person a chance to get a word in edgewise. I feel extreme embarrassment. I hate that part of myself. And still I don't change after making that notation. So I want to invite any of you to totally avoid me or tell me you have five minutes to listen to me, but at five minutes, you're walking. <laughs> <clears throat> God forbid I should imagine you have other plans, but that's what it is and that's what it will be until I find it possible to change. I think I could talk for three hours about my perceptions of you and your intentions toward me, captured succinctly in noting you only want to love me and help me grow toward a greater likeness of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. From the bottom of my heart, thank you all. Robert, you are a, you're a, you're a gift to our body, and we are, we're glad you're here. Lena, can you, you've come the longest way. You get the, the, the reward for the longest journey to Broadway. Um, you, you grew up in Syria and had a much different church experience there than here. And would you be willing to share with us some of the things that you miss about your church home in Syria that you, that you don't have here for one reason or another? American culture and Western. Um, your neighbor, your next door neighbor, upstairs, downstairs, uh, street, neighborhood people, they are friends. They become your friends. They become community. 
other than your aunts and uncles and cousins and so on. So it's a very much community, community, I mean focus. And uh, that's, we have always open house in my home. Like any time someone can walk in or ring the bell and come and visit. Food always is there to welcome a guest. Mom, she has to, has to have the house clean 24 hours because any minute someone could come and okay, it's shame if something not there or there is a dust on the piano or on anywhere. So that's how I, and, and I treasure community and I miss community. So growing up in the, also went to the Christian Missionary Alliance in 1980, the thing that drew me right away I felt the love of Jesus and then prayed for salvation and then I was so busy. We have five meetings a week. I was so involved in everything almost like women's ministry, music, Sunday school, missions. We will go and we had a team also that uh, there is no stranger in the church. No one person stranger. We are people, people. So any new person comes, we have a committee will watch who is new. And we welcome them, especially like women, for women and men. And we say hi to men and everything as a woman, but we, we want everybody to know that they are welcome and loved. And this is a way that you bring people to help them to come to Jesus. And um, that like any one person come to you, okay, what's your name? Welcome here. Uh, can I, this is Lena. So we talk and make friends. I remember uh, going to work at the bus or service, we call it ta- service or taxi station. I saw this woman so lonely. I made friends with her. I didn't like her that much. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I wanted her to know about Jesus. I felt bad for her. And she came to my church, and she was a very strong and strong-willed person, and this was huge that she accepted the Lord. So community played a huge role. And okay, back to what I miss. I miss my people. I've been here 25 years, but no matter what, there's a void in my heart. And now when I went to Syria, I didn't want to come back this spring but to let you know that when I took the airplane from Chicago to Fort Wayne I was so dead tired and when they said welcome to Indiana I felt home so so as a foreigner you struggle you don't know anymore where do you belong but yes we belong to Jesus and this is my family the church of God is the family that for a single woman for married people, we need community a lot. Like Jesus, I remind you, Jesus told John at the cross, this is your mom. And Jesus was alone when he wanted to pray or alone at the Gethsemane. How do you say it? Just, I should Gethsemane. have it. Yes. <laughs> you probably say it more accurately than we do. <laughs> You're way closer to that than we are, for sure. And, and he... He, he was alone then, okay? But, but when he, people are in pain, they tend to ignore others because we are selfish. 
I believe, this was not in the plan to say it, but I believe, personally, correct me, maybe I'm wrong, the biggest sin on earth is selfishness. Because that would lead us to do other th- sins. And, uh, and Jesus is the one who loves us unconditionally. And we have, as a community, to be Jesus. We are representing Jesus here. And so, okay, one more thing about, about Syria. We meet a lot at homes. We worship the Lord when we meet. We sing. We eat. And uh, like around Christmas, we do Christmas caroling. Like we start around one in the morning and we go, we take accordion, guitar, whatever your instrument you have, and we give tracks to police officers, garbage men, and we visit every house in the church. We don't come back home till like 8.30 in the morning, then we have church at, at 10 a.m. And every house in the church, of course, you take permission. Pastor, tell me when I need to stop. <laughs> Nobody tells me, so. so. So I miss that so much. I miss that. Like every house, they have special candy for you. We were, I used to be youth, you know, youth group. <laughs> and I mean, everybody goes, even on Easter. And I, forgive me to say, sometimes, like, uh, Around those occasions, those are big occasions for our culture. We have feasts, we have family, we celebrate with the church and with families. And I noticed, and with all love and respect, I noticed here in the recent years, like I know some single people, men and women, they were left alone on those occasions. That's what I don't like about it. It hurt me. Uh, last year, I was uh, Cindy and Debbie Lemon. They were out of town for Christmas. Those are my intimate kind of family. Some and uh, and I other friends they invited me, but I decided to invite some myself somewhere because I don't want to be alone. But it wasn't a good Christmas. I'm not telling you I love Christmas, but I hate Christmas in America. And I'm I'm saying that. Forgive me for being so daring. And I'm not saying, hey, guys, invite me, include me. No, but there are other people also left alone. So I would love the church to be a real family. And um, I think we are family. And as Julie said, we can, when we come and pray and we're fully loaded with sometimes hidden sin or pains or brokenness, this is huge. This is amazing that you don't judge us. You accept us, you love us. This is a huge blessing for me and for everyone in this church. This is what's amazing. Praise the Lord for Broadway Christian. That you are real, you are loving, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You all, thank you for um, your vulnerability and honesty and your willingness to say things to us that all of us want and need to hear, and that all of us have stories of great moments where we have received what we needed here. And all of us have stories where we've been disappointed in one way or another. And so thank you for being willing to share some of those hopes that you have or, or places where you've seen that we haven't been what you hoped for and, uh, and calling us to, to move deeper into this ideal, this, this kingdom life that, that, that God's calling us to. So would you join me in thanking them for sharing this moment?
So my sermon is short today. It's just about 45 minutes. And so... (laughs) It's good, Joe. Yeah, actually it is. It's about four to five minutes. Hebrews chapter 13. If you would turn in your Bibles there to Hebrews chapter 13. This is what the writer says. Hebrews chapter 13. Keep on loving each other as brothers. That's verse 1. Hebrews 13.1, keep on loving each other as brothers, as family. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Keep on loving each other as family. I hear in these words from the writer of Hebrews both, both an affirmation and also a challenge. He says, keep on doing the thing that you've been doing. Keep on loving each other as family, but it's not over yet. You still have more places to grow. And that is our word today. Keep on doing what you're doing, Broadway, but pay attention to the stories that you've heard up here today. Pay attention to the stories that you hear in your small groups over this week about how God is calling us to more deeply move into the lives of one another. There is an affirmation and also a challenge here. Keep on loving each other as family. And so in your small groups this week, do uh, share honestly with one another about both their joys as well as some of your disappointments here at Broadway. It is in that gap where we experience God's mercy and his grace, and it's where we grow. So be willing to look and to share that gap together. And so I just want to give um, a, a few challenges for you today as we, as we think about this. For you today to begin to take the next step, just one step, first of all, toward friendship. Friendships and relationships, they require a lot of time, they require a lot of energy, and a lot of us feel like we don't have enough of it, but friendships are essential for our life. They are friendships in, uh, they are essential in our, our growth as followers of Jesus, but they do take time and energy and commitment. Uh, this year, uh, Tony Opliger and I, Tony is the pastor at Northeast Christian Church. About a year ago, I told him a story that I heard about two friends who they were frustrated because they didn't see one another enough. And so these two friends decided that every single Friday, they were going to walk from their houses a half a mile. They lived about a mile from one another. They would meet halfway and they would give one another a high five every Friday at noon. And Tony said, we should do that every day. And I said, you're on. Tony and I have given each other a high five every single day in 2019. Every day. We're like on day 310. Okay. We've committed to that together. And it has obviously changed our relationship. We have seen one another every day. If we're out of town, we do it on FaceTime. We call each other and give each other a high five on FaceTime. It's ridiculous. It's a silly, stupid thing. Like when I tell people this, it's either like, whoa, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard, or that is so weird. Those are the two responses that I get, and I've seen all of that from you out here today. But it has changed our relationship. About a week ago, we did our high five on his porch, and like all of a sudden, spontaneously, we began uh, confessing our sin to each other. Like one, one of us said something, and I was like, yeah, I need to say that there. And like for like five minutes, we like confessed our sin to each other. And every day, give each other a high five, and we say, I'll see you tomorrow. 
And there's something about that, I'll see you tomorrow. That need to have these relationships that are ongoing and not just once a week or every once in a while. I heard a, a pastor one time who said that in our lives, that we need more people in our lives who have refrigerator rights in our home. You know, where when I go to somebody's house, I know that I'm allowed to open up the door and get something to drink without asking permission. And all of us need more people in our lives who have refrigerator rights in our home and vice versa. So take a next step toward friendship. High five every day, maybe, but inviting someone into a deeper friendship with you, somebody that you're already friends with, take a deeper step into friendship with someone. Secondly, take the next step toward a stranger. Julie did a great job of saying, if you don't remember my name, that's okay. Just ask me. I'll tell you again. There are strangers in the room today, people who you don't know very well. Take a step toward them. Ask them their name. Ask them, tell me something that I don't know about you. All of the New Testament biblical writers talk about this Christian practice of hospitality. The Greek word is philoxenia. It means love for the stranger. We are called as Christians to love the stranger, the person that we do not know. And this practice of hospitality that Lena shared for us so well turns strangers into neighbors and it turns neighbors into friends. So take the next step toward a neighbor and take the next step toward someone who's hurting. It does break my heart that there's been times in the history of the church that I've been here where somebody has just been missed They've had a tragedy, something as bad as happened there happened. They've been at the hospital, and they just got missed. And so I just want to say, as we said earlier, this is all of our responsibility to care for one another. And so if you hear uh, that someone lost someone, send the text, make the phone call, send the card. You have your pastor's permission to do that. Please do it. You may think that that person doesn't know you very well or you're encroaching or whatever. Send the text, make the call, send the card towards somebody that's hurting. Or if you see that someone hasn't been here for a while, give them a call. How are you? What's happening? This is an essential part of our family here at Broadway. And we have a wonderful family and we have something that we're being called to. And today we need to look at the gap that's there and be willing to pay attention to it and to ask how Jesus is calling us to grow.